It's time to dive into the latest news and updates from the Vegas Golden Knights. This is Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Welcome into Nighttime at Noon, where normally we're telling you that we're live from City National Arena, but we are taking this show on the road from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Ashley Vice with Gary Lawless. Gary, you are you a beach guy or a mountain guy? We're having some te- <laughs> we're having some technical uh, mic mute on mute issues. We may be 2023, but some things some things never change. Uh, Gary, <laughs> hosting a show while laughing is not the easiest thing in the world, but I'm going to try here. Uh, so while Gary tries to get his mic unmuted, so all of the listeners out there know what's going on. We are here in Fort Lauderdale. We're in the meeting room that the team uses for all of their meals. A lot of the the team and the coaches are out playing golf, hitting the links right now. Some guys out hitting the beach. Darren Millard and I actually hit the beach earlier for a couple shoots. So that was some fun. He was out there, suit, tie, and all. Gary, are you unmuted now? Uh-oh. If Chris Chapman, paging Chapman, <laughs> Darren Millard isn't here to give you a hard time, so I'll have to. There it is. You made it, everybody. All right. I will not be muting again. We, we're, 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 we're using some Millard technology. It actually has a duck on it, so it's shady for sure. So I was trying to mute so that Ashley and I wouldn't be, uh, wouldn't be echoing or anything like that. So now we're not, right? I think we're all set. Great. Let's do it. So, Gary, are yeah. you a mountain guy or a beach guy? Well, thankfully for the whole world, I'm a mountain guy. No one needs to see me in my uh, in my speedo rolling down the uh, rolling down the beach. You you could be like Darren Millard. He just went full suit and tie, dress shoes, yeah. socks, the whole shebang. I, I don't like uh, I don't like sand in my shorts and my toes and my shoes, the whole thing. I, I I'll go for a walk on the beach, but then I I'm I'm hanging. But when I'm in a tropical setting, I like the pool. Fair enough. Fair enough. Either way, it's a, a good time for the Golden Knights to be here, kicking back, hanging out. We are about 40 minutes from the rink and sunrise, but nice little off day for the group, and they certainly shouldn't feel too stressed coming off a heck of a week. No, they did some serious heavy lifting, and if you consider coming out of the All-Star break, they had one of the most difficult. Their strength of schedule was one of the most strenuous in the National Hockey League. And uh, points in uh, nine straight at home. Uh, some huge wins last week. At, you know, the, the one overtime loss on the road to Colorado, really the only blemish. They've done some, uh, done some fantastic work. Win over New Jersey. Win over Carolina. And then the win, uh, a bit of a nail biter, but still two points in the bank against Montreal yesterday. They are now first place in the Western Conference first place in the Pacific division. And there's, there's a variety of places you can go for uh, playoff projections, simulations. Uh, my favorite is, uh, is at ineffective math. It's, uh, it's hockeyviz.com. And they right now have the, the cutoff in the Western conference at 94.4 points. And they have, the Golden Knights reach north of 102 points. So uh, 
listen, it's not done till it's done, but the heavy lifting last week really pushed the Golden Knights into a place where uh, reaching the postseason is, uh, it, it's not a reality yet, but a very a high, high probability that the Golden Knights will be a playoff team. You talked a little bit about the all-star break, how the strength of schedule, how difficult it was coming out of the break, and now how much easier it is. How important was it to get through that stretch, and what did you learn about the team in that time? Well, the games coming up are still going to be real difficult as well, right? Florida is a desperate team, so they're going to do their best to uh, – they need two points against Vegas. Tampa's in a bit of a skid. They're going to want to try and snap out of it. And Carolina, Tampa and Carolina have both lost to Vegas recently. They're going to be looking for uh, for revenge. Then there's a bit of a dip, right? Then they get Philadelphia and St. Louis. Uh, so those teams are, you know, three of the five teams on this trip are non-playoff teams, but Florida is a desperate team trying to get back into the picture. Uh, I think that what they did last week was critical for them, you know, you have the, the influx of Barbashev, Bluger, and Quick, and, you know, you want to get those guys into the rhythm of what the team is doing, and uh, all three of those players have been effective. Barbashev, to this point, uh, looks to be, I, I don't know if, uh, I'd have to, it's hard to, Horvat and Tarasenko were added so early uh, you know, but as far as anybody, the week of the deadline, Barbashev has been the most impactful statistically for sure. And what we've seen on the ice, Quick gets a win yesterday. Uh, Bluger has, for my money, been a really good ad. And we could talk a little bit about what he does for them. Uh, there's just so much speed down the center of the ice for the Golden Knights. Now you go, you go Eichel, Stevenson, Carlson, Bluger, you're on the road in a playoff series. Bruce Cassidy doesn't have to really worry about the matchup because whoever he has at center is fast and can and can can defend. So it's a it's a big plus adding him to the mix. I, last week was really important, and uh, you know Vegas very quietly is first in the West and fifth in the National Hockey League. We keep hearing, oh, the, the, the East, the East, the East, the top six in the East. Well, Vegas is fifth in the NHL and, and close to being fourth. So, and Dallas is right behind them. I, the West is, is stronger than, uh, than what the media has, has portrayed. We're going to have Elliot Friedman on in, uh, in our next segment. We can ask him about that as well. Yeah, we'll ask him about that for sure. We're also going to get his take um, from an outside source on why Ivan Barbashev may have been one of the best pickups, if not the best pickup at the trade deadline. Also want to talk about how these guys are fitting in off the ice, because that's something that Teddy Bluger brought up during an intermission last night. Typically, those intermission interviews are pretty X's and O's related, but he went out of his way to talk about how welcoming the entire locker room has been. Uh, but while we're talking about new additions, Last night, the first start as a Vegas Golden Knight for Jonathan Quick, his first NHL appearance as anything other than a Los Angeles King. And before we break it down, let's listen to what Bruce Cassidy had to say. I thought he played well for us. He made some, some, some key saves. Uh, you know, they had a, they didn't have a lot, but they had some, you know, from the slot. So you're going into the third period, you're feeling pretty good. And I, like I said, he first one I think uh, was flash screen. Hager tried to block it. Um, 
second one was the wrist shot over his, you know, like it's a pretty good shot. Uh, what was the, the third one was bang, bang, play in front. We're right beside him. Like that's where we got to get the job done as a D-man and tie up sticks, you know. Um, so I thought his play was good. Uh, puck play communication with the D. I think he moves it quicker than our other guys do, so they weren't used to some of that in terms of touching it right away. So our guys will have to get used to that when he's in, that, you know, he, he's kind of doesn't like to hold it. It's bang one, one side or the other, so be ready for it quick. Uh, but that's, that's always going to be an adjustment no matter what, it's just because it's different from where he came from. And you just got to get used to his tendencies. So I liked his game. He got the W. That's at the end of the day, that's important. Made a big save with about 25 seconds left on a one-timer to get across there. So I thought we did a decent job with the six on, on five and kept him to the outside. But that's the save we needed, and he, did, he got it. So, Gary, he's good at playing the puck, obviously. It will take some time to build that chemistry, but I would assume that's a pretty good problem to have. First things first, you heard him say quick, not, not, he was using quick as, as an adverb, not, uh, <laughs> not to describe Jonathan, not to say quick, Jonathan quick. And Dan Dubin and I were, I, I ran into that problem last night. I was like, quick was quick to get there. We got, we got to find some other, we got to find some synonyms for quick real fast. So, uh, um, uh, you know, I think that his ability to handle the puck makes him very special and, you know, I, I think that it's something that the players will work out and practice uh, in morning skates. Uh, very, I was going to say real quick, uh, with haste. And I don't know when he's going to play next, right? Like I, I, the thing is, is that Aiden Hill is the number one here at this juncture. And Jonathan wasn't brought in as a savior. I, I'd be shocked if it's not Aiden Hill uh, tomorrow against Florida. And, uh, and then I guess we'll see what happens after the game, it'll probably be game by game for the next little while. But if Aiden Hill is continues to play the way he did against the New Jersey Devils, well, he's going to get the, the majority of the starts uh, for the next little while for sure. Aiden Hill, something else we'll dive into in a bit. However, you, you brought us on this path now. So now I think we need to brainstorm a little bit. Fast, speedy. You're you're the good writer over here. So you got any synonyms? What you're we got to come up with a list that we can just defer to at any point. Well, I started uh, to give you a couple there, right? Uh, with haste, uh, uh, dispatch with dispatch is a good one. Uh, we'll develop a few for sure as we go along. Yes. I like it. And uh, let's now take a listen to what Bruce Cassidy thought of Ivan Arbashev and how he is developing with his line. Yeah, I mean, we're just playing, you know, like we're not uh, trying to put the a lot of pressure, just a simple game, and, uh, and that's it. And it's been working so well so far. So That was on me, Gary. That was, we were listening to Ivan Barbashev there, not Bruce. Um, but what has stood out to you about how quickly, gosh, um, he's developing that chemistry with Jack Eichel and Jonathan Marsh? So is it a matter of Jack and Jonathan being so easy to play with, or is it a matter of Ivan Barbashev's simple game being easy for others to pick up with? We often hear people say, oh, he's a good player. He's easy to play with. It's actually the opposite. Good players are hard to play with. Ivan connects the dots for that line. There was, there was no immediate chemistry or combustion between Marsh or so and Eichel. They needed the complementary skill set and the small area game that Barbashev plays to, to bring them together and to, uh, uh, you know, hey, 
they've been a slow burning fire, but they're the coals are hot right now, and that's a great thing for the Golden Knights. Barbashev has been tremendous, uh, you know, and he's exactly as advertised. Goes to the net. And Bruce says all the time, you know, inside plays in the, goes to the interior. All of those different ways of saying it, you see it, and he hits people. I'm told we haven't seen it yet. I've, some people in St. Louis said to me, keep an eye on him. He can be uh, a little, uh, uh, he can be really hard to play against. Some sandpaper there, uh, not afraid to whack you if, uh, if it's necessary or take an extra step to finish that check, even when the puck is, uh, is a little bit, has been gone for a while. And all that stuff is really good for, uh, for a team driving to get into the playoffs. Uh, it, th- this, to me, you paid a big price for Zach Dean, but what we're with Zach, in, in Zach Dean to get Barbashev, but it, it, you know, whatever he does for the next little while, you know, starts to take the sting away from that. And then if they deter- decide they want to extend him, they're getting a really good top seven NHL forward in, in Ivan Barbashev. We'll talk about more with him, about him, with Elliot Friedman, who should be joining us in the next segment. Uh, switching from hockey for a quick second, because Golden Knights fans, we need your help in welcoming AFC Bournemouth to the Foley Entertainment Group. Also known as the Cherries, AFC Bournemouth plays in the prestigious English Premier League, where they consistently take on some of the best football teams in the world. Show your support for the Cherries by catching their matches via stream on Peacock TV. To learn more and be a part of the club's exciting new era, make sure to visit afcb.co.uk. Up the cherries. We'll be right back. We're back to nighttime at noon on your home for the Vegas Golden Knights, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Welcome back to nighttime at noon, live from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Ashley Vice with the VGK insider Gary Lawless. And now we're also joined by NHL insider. Elliot Friedman. Elliot, first of all, thanks for taking the time to do this, but just about uh, 72 hours removed from the trade deadline. Have you slept yet? I have. Uh, probably the most, uh, the best sleep I've had in weeks, I have to say, on uh, a last night, Sunday night. But I have to tell you, I am jealous. Saturday, I got up and I shoveled about 10 centimeters worth of snow off my front lawn. And, and my driveway, and you guys are sitting there down enjoying strawberry daiquiris in Florida. There is no justice in this world, I tell you. Oh, yeah, you know Gary's enjoying those for sure. <laughs> no, I don't think I've ever had a strawberry daiquiri. I've had a daiquiri before, but I don't think it was a strawberry one. I like pina coladas. <laughs> Miami Vice, you mix you- the two. That's the way to do it. <laughs> I think I'll be sticking to, I think I'm going to have a, I think we're going to walk up to the elbow room after this uh, show and uh, producer uh, Garrett Calloway is going to buy us, uh, buy us around. I think I'll have a, I think I'll have a cold beer overlooking the ocean. I think you've earned that. Uh, Elliot. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Elliot. No, no, I was going to say like, I don't think he's earned that and I'm jealous. That's all I'll say. (laughs) Well, sorry, sorry to rub it in. Hopefully that's no, uh, (laughs) melts for you here soon as spring approaches what is the trade deadline week like for you what's the best word you would use to describe it i i would say this year it was crazy um i I think this was a this was a pretty unique deadline honestly i don't know if i've seen a week where there were so many deals 
that were um, that that at least to me were what I didn't expect in the lead up. Like we got a lot more that happened in advance of the deadline in terms of big deals than I was expecting, that I think any of us expected, and that made the week even more hectic than normal. I mean, the quality of the deals was big. The names in the deals was big, were big. Like, the, the day itself was a little bit quieter, but I don't know if I've seen a week leading up to it like this one was. Who has had a bigger impact to this point than Ivan Barbashev? Well, I'm kind of on the Vegas-centric broadcast right now, so I understand why you would why why you would have that opinion. I would actually like Barbash has been good, and I, I thought that was a I thought that was a great pickup. I, I like Barbashev a lot. I loved him in the 2019 Stanley Cup run by the Blues. He was a player that I didn't really know that well before then, but I just remembered him that that's that whole playoff just making. Uh, big plays, and you know, last year, uh, you know, he uh, it had that big hit on Gerard. Like, I, I love the guy, and I, I think he's going to have a huge impact on you guys because he can play up and down the lineup. He can do multiple roles. He can play in different places. I, I think it was been a fantastic pickup for you guys. I would say though that I think the player to this point that has had the biggest impact in the deadline was probably the first guy who got traded, and that was Bo Horvat, simply because he's had more time with his team, and I think he's kind he's of had resuscitated the he's island. He's had a month. It's when not the, the same at all. What? He's had a month to get adjusted. Barbershop well, you, uh, you asked me who's had a bigger impact. I'm answering the question. I can only answer the question that is posed to me by the Vegas Insider. Don't worry about him, Elliot. We'll keep him under control as best we can. His mind's already uh, on the beer on the beach. Uh, but kind of on that token, maybe instead of just who's had the biggest impact, um, what about the best match for the team they were joining, if that makes sense? Like Ivan Barbashev really fills a void for Vegas, especially now with the injury to William Carrier. Yes, I, I think that's absolutely true. I think, I think Barbashev is, is, is a tremendous call. But you know what? I'll tell you this. I think that the other two guys you got, like Teddy Bluger, I've seen him play really well. Um, I think this year, unfortunately, it, it didn't go that well for him in Pittsburgh, as I've seen in the past. But I think he's a smart player. Um, I think he's a guy that you, I, I can see the kind of role that you have for him, and I think that's going to be very good for him. I think, I think he will flourish in the kind of role that you guys are looking at there. And you know what? I'll, I'll say this too about quick. Um, you guys needed a goalie. Um, you guys needed a goalie really badly with all the injuries you have there. And um, you, you get him at the right time. Uh, I know in my life that I've had situations where maybe I didn't realize it in the moment, but I realized it later. Sometimes we all need change in life and new challenges. We get a little too comfortable. And I know this was a big shocker for Quick. I don't think he was expecting it, and I think he was really stunned by it. But I, I think the idea of coming into Vegas in a place where he's going to play until you guys at least get healthy, I think that's going to energize him. And I, I think it's just going to help you 
stabilize a position that's been, I guess, destabilized by the injuries. And I, I think that that's a big one for Quick. I think he'll look at this as maybe one of the best. I don't know if he's planning on playing next year. I don't know what his future is. But if he if he does look, if this is the end of his career, I think he's going to look back at it as the kind of ending that will probably feel good for him. I'm curious to see the effect. He's had Bill Ranford as his coach for how long? And now yeah, he's got time. Sean Burke looking at his game. It's just a different set of eyes, a different, uh, you know, Bill Ranford's a fantastic goalie coach. So is Sean Burke. So it's just a different, uh, it's like a, diff- a different mechanic uh, working yep. on your engine. He might, might find a way to find, uh, find a few more RPM out of it with a few different tweaks. I, I completely agree with that. I, 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 like I said, I think we all have this in our life. We're, we're in the same – like Jonathan Quick was in the same team for 15 years, and he was probably comfortable. He knew what to expect on a day-to-day basis. And sometimes we need to be shocked out of that comfort zone. We might not always realize it. Like I said, I know it's happened to me. There have been times I've left, jo- left jobs, and I, I look back on it and I say, boy, did I need that change. And – um, you know, I think it. I think he's probably jarred a little. Like quick, like I love quick. Um, you know, I, I'll tell you a story about him. Remember the the famous year where the Sharks had the three nothing lead over the Kings, and the Kings came back and won that series. There was a game where they really got embarrassed uh, in that series by San Jose. I, I I think it was the second game, and the story I was told is there's a, there's a shot of him. He goes down the bench while they're getting hammered. And he's talking to all the players. Now, I was told that he went to all the players and said, I'm sorry, this is on me. And, like, it wasn't. They were just getting destroyed. But it was one of, like, one of, the, one of the other Kings players told me that it was such a big moment for them because they were leaving him totally to get embarrassed. And he went down to them and said, you know, this one's on me. And a few years ago, when the All-Star game was in Nashville, he played that one. And I pulled him aside and I said, is this story true? And he goes, no, it's, it's not true. I'm sorry to tell you. I'm like, you just ruined my whole good story about you. And he kind of laughed. And I'll say this. One of the players told me it was a little bit more like that. We probably just didn't want to admit it. But I've always loved that story about him. Just the idea that, that, that people would even think he would do that. I've always had a lot of respect for that guy. Do you have a time to take a question or two from uh, from some of our listeners? We have a text sure. question that's just come yeah. in. And the question is, ask Elliot if he hits or stays on 16. <laughs> You're, well, first of all, you always you, – you, you never hit – wait a sec, what's the rule? Never, no, you, it depends on what the dealer's got. Elliot, stay in Toronto. Yeah. Don't come to Vegas, okay? No, 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 wait a second. Hold on. What's the, you never hit on 17. Was it 60 or 17? I can't remember. The I can't remember what the rule is. The rules suggest that, you know, you should stay in Toronto. Vegas, no, Vegas no, no. is not the You know what? I, I know I blew this because I was completely not uh, suspect, expecting it. But I can't remember what the rule is. I absolutely completely forgot in the moment. You know, it's funny. The trade deadline, Vegas gets really, you know, disappointing news the day 
the day after the trade deadline when Will Carrier gets injured. Yeah. The Leafs have now lost Ryan O'Reilly for at least the next 10 games. They put him on LTIR today. He's got a broken finger. It just shows, you know, you want to, general managers look at a team and they think this is our, this is our window and they, you know, they go all in and it's so fragile. And we saw this in Vegas last year. Vegas had a monster team last year. Thanks for Austin yeah. was, they were, they were a contender. They missed the playoffs because, because of, because of injury. It, it is uh, it's a perilous time for general managers. Oh, it, it absolutely is because you sit there and you think that you've got everything done and you've done the best chance you have. And it's like my grandmother's old line, you plan, God laughs. Uh, and th- that's what happens. You now, I don't know what you, you guys would know better what Carrier's situation is. O'Reilly, they said today they expect him back before the playoffs. But it was such a pl- uh, fluke play, too. I think he was hit by one of his own teammates' shots. Um, you think you've got your team ready, and then you something like that happens. I mean, I remember San, uh, Cal- Colorado won the Stanley Cup in 2001 after Peter Forsberg lost his spleen in the West Conference Final. So I, I remember they found a way and they got it done against against New Jersey and Martin Brodeur. So it's possible, but it's harder. I have to say I appreciate that we've come for the insider info, but we've stuck around for some deep life lessons. So I appreciate that part of this for sure. Um, Gary and I were talking before we came on about there's been all of this hype about how the East has built itself up. What do you think is the disparity between the East and the West? Do you feel like too much is being made of that? Uh, well, this year it's fair. Like this year it's fair about the East and the West. Like the the East record is better. They've got a bunch of the top teams in the league, and uh, and they also made a lot of the bigger trades. And also, too, if you actually look at it, some of the um, worst teams in the East actually have decent records against the West. Now, none of that matters in the playoffs. Like. I don't think that means like that you should say that, well, if a Western team wins the Stanley Cup this year, it's not the same. I mean, you've got to earn it. Nobody wins the Stanley Cup by fluke. You have to earn it. Um, but this year, it is fair to say that the East statistically has had a much better season than the West has. I, I know that that is sacrilege in the Western Conference, but this year it's true. Having said that, how do you feel like Vegas in particular can measure up if they're lucky enough to face a team in the East in the Stanley Cup final? I'll just interject for one second, Elliot. Oh, Vegas God. is yes. 18-7-2 versus, versus the East. But go, please go ahead and answer the question. Uh, are you talking okay, – well, first of all, look, like I said, if you – I got to tell you, Gary, you, learn, you earn every penny that the Golden Knights pay you, I have to say this. But – I, you know, I, if you if you reach the Stanley Cup final, nobody makes the Stanley Cup final by a fluke. That is hard. Like to, to win twelve games to get to the Stanley Cup final, nobody nobody backs in there. You earn it. It's it's hard hockey. Like the NHL is really two seasons. There's the way the regular season is played, and there's the way the playoffs are played. And it's not the same thing. And 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 the, what the players will do to each other in the regular season 
does not compare to what the players will do to each other in the playoffs. It's like they go hard at each other, and there's there's it's take no prisoners on the ice. So if you get there, you're going to have just as much of a chance to win as the Eastern team. Even if the Eastern players teams have better records against the West this year, on average, I think that's irrelevant once we show up at the Stanley Cup final at the end of May. And if the Golden Knights are there, and quite frankly, it wouldn't surprise me if they are, um, then you're going to have an equal shot to beat whoever comes out of the East. And But I'll tell you one thing. Both those teams, nobody's getting there the easy way, and both those teams are going to get there sore because if to win three rounds of the playoffs this year, it's it's really hard. Like, I, I look at you guys, and I look at, at you guys in Dallas. And, you know, to me, Colorado, if they get healthy, they're, they're a scary matchup. But to me, that's obvious. Like, picking the defending Stanley Cup champion, there's no skill in that. I look at you guys, and I look at Dallas, and those are two teams I'd be really worried about. Do you have any other sleepers in the West that, you know, Vegas fans might not be – necessarily afraid of but maybe should be i know like i I get gary's text like you know vegas fears no one so i don't know that vegas fears anybody i've never ever once uh, said that elliot (laughs) don't be preposterous here boston is obviously everyone should fear boston that's the big difference in the disparity in the divisions it's not east west it's boston and the world boston and the field like you look at and the they had a great Boston, trade deadline too. I really liked what they Boston. Did. Boston has 103, and then you go, you know, nine. You go from 90 to 80, and those teams are Carolina, New Jersey, Toronto, and then Vegas, Dallas, LA. It, it, the the disparity between the two conferences is only from the Boston Bruins, in my opinion. No, no well, that's a. I mean, it's a it's a fair opinion. There is Boston as everybody else. But if you look at the um, if you look at the goal differential by some of the teams against that are lower down, like if you look, I, I think it. I could be wrong about this, but I think it's Montreal. Like if you look at their goal differential against the East and their goal differential against the West, it's it's much different. And I don't think they're the only one. I have to double check that, but but there is something to this at the bottom level. The Eastern teams have done better against the West than the Western teams have done to the East. But, you know, as for another team, uh, I don't know if Edmonton's going to get their goaltending figured out, but, but I thought Eckholm was a perfect ad for them. He was exactly the player they needed, and, uh, you know, they have a lot of firepower there. If they can get any goaltending, they're going to be a tough out. Well, Elliot, we appreciate you taking the time. I did get another text in from Darren Millard. He wanted me to let you know that he couldn't be here because he was bench pressing on the beach. So we'll rub in, rub in that 80-degree uh, that weather here a little bit more. And next time you're in Vegas, join me on the roulette table. It's a little bit easier to understand. No, no, no. Hold on a second here. I've been thinking about this ever since you, Gary asked that question. Or they, If you've got 16 and the dealer's got like a 10 showing, or an eight showing. I, I've seen people turn, like this is actually the way I learned it. You turn to the people, like, I've seen guys turn to people at the other, t- at the table, the other people at the table and say, what do you want me to do here? 
And that was the etiquette I learned in that kind of a situation. What do you think? Like if there's somebody after you, what do you think? And when I first the answer to is, Vegas, the answer is definitely it depends do. on what the dealer's got. That is the correct answer. That, that's what you said. It depends it. on what the dealer has. like so uncertain. You need when you're sitting at the table, you can't be like reaching back into the recesses of your brain to figure out what the rules are. You gotta know, man. Well, I know because you. Know, no, I, I don't say, know my blackjack you, you, either. It's okay. I truly don't. Well, I, I was kidding. I, actually, that's actually what I did say. Like, I was hard. first of all, I have to admit, I was thrown by the question. But the answer is like it depends on what the dealer has. Like if you've got a six, if you've got sixteen, the dealer's showing a three. You don't take a card. Thanks for your thanks for your excellent golden your excellent gambling advice, Elliot. We appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> take care guys good to be on thanks Elliot and to everyone listening we will be right back live from City National Arena this is nighttime at noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas welcome back to nighttime at noon Elliot Friedman just hopping off gave us a good bit of his time, made made fun of Gary, poked some fun there, talked some blackjack, talked some roulette, all of it. Before we talk hockey, the Vegas Nighthawks return for the second season beginning in March. Become part of the Nighthawks family and don't miss out on the action. Go to nighthawksfootball.com to secure your seats for the next season. Full season memberships start at just $15 per ticket per game at the Dollar Loan Center located in Henderson. Visit nighthawksfootball.com for more information. Gary, what did you take away from that conversation with Friedman? I want to play cards with him. Uh, no, <laughs> I'm not a good, uh, I'm not a good blackjack guy either. I just uh, like to have a little fun with Elliot. Uh, yeah, I think that he's right about Edmonton and they're, you know, Jack Campbell's save percentages uh, in the 800s. Stuart Skinner is a 912. He's going to start tonight for the Oilers in Buffalo. But he's never played in an NHL playoff game, and that's got to be—it's uh, got to be an uncomfortable spot uh, for for them. And that's another issue or another benefit to Jonathan Quick. He comes in with all of that experience, and you know, even if he's you know, even if he's not the guy on the, even if he's not the backup, even if he's just part of the picture, you know, he can really add to uh, to, to helping the goaltenders during the days off, you know, leading into games uh, and even in between, even, even during intermissions, a really good voice. Not many people, not many goalies in the modern era have the same ex- ex- experience set that Jonathan Quick has. You know, two Stanley Cups, a number of long playoff runs, a con Smythe, you know, so I, I, I like that ad for, I like that ad for all kinds of reasons. He seems to be fitting in really well also the guys are enjoying having him around that's a nice uh a, a nice ad I, I agree with them about Barbashev. It, it he suits exactly what the golden knights needed i think some teams added new york for instance i, I you know after they got tarasenko did they really need patrick kane like, is offense what they needed i'm not sure and the toronto maple leafs they added so much uh, you know they're already a re- they're already a top team in the NHL. They changed over six of their skaters. Th- that's a lot. To- it really alters 
your lineup. So we'll see how it all works out. You know, obviously I do look at it from a Golden Knights perspective. That's the team that we cover and broadcast. So uh, uh, I like what they've done. And so far the results have been really good. Yeah, they have been. And wanted to circle back on something that I mentioned earlier. And that was that Teddy Bluger is already talking about how welcoming the group has been. It, all of these players that are, have been acquired are players who have never dealt with the trade process at the NHL level. Um, and he was talking about how loose the room is, how they're all chirping each other all the time, how he's basically just fitting right in from that standpoint, even though it's a, a little bit of a scary situation for him. As the insider, what is your vibe on where the locker room is at off the ice right now? All three players that have come in come from really elite programs. You know, Barbashev comes from the Blues. That collection of players won a Stanley Cup. And he immediately joins. You know, Petrangelo is already there for him. Uh, I think he played with, uh, with Waugh and Higg in uh, maybe even, uh, sorry, Theodore in Chicago uh, in the American League, although Theo was just there just for a, a real short stint. So there's lots of there's lots of familiarity already there. Quick, played for John Stevens, played with McNabb, played with Martinez. There's already a, a, a bond there immediately. And Bluger, he comes from, you know, the Penguins organization where, you know, he wasn't there for the Stanley Cup, but, you know, he's been there with Sidney Crosby and really learned from the very best, uh, one of the best leaders and, and been involved in a really elite culture. So all three of those guys walk right in and, you know, they, they know how to carry themselves properly with a team that's in, the, in, in a winning position like the Golden Knights are. And, uh, like, on the ice, there hasn't been a hiccup. Uh, you know, I think maybe a few times last night with Quick when he was moving the puck, there might have been a little bit of miscommunication, but that'll get solved very quickly. Barbashev, wow, it's like he's—it's like he was made to play with Jack Eichel and the Bluger. Like, look at the situations Cassidy has used him in already. The games have been close. He's been on the ice late in games, pe killing penalties late in games. Uh, obviously, uh, you know. You, that stat that Mike Sullivan and the Penguins employed Bluger, 87% of his starts were in the defensive zone. That says the coach trusts you. He's putting you out there in situations where your team is at a disadvantage at, so that you can flip that script and get the puck uh, into the offensive zone. And Bluger has proven uh, adept at that so far. Regardless of how much quick does or doesn't play, how will his presence impact guys like Aiden Hill, Logan Thompson when he's healthy? What does it mean to those two younger goalies to have a guy like that around? Well, he's one of the best goalies of the last uh, last decade and a half. So if they aren't going to him to seek counsel and to soak up uh, you know, information and, uh, and wisdom from him, then that's their mistake. You know, this is... Uh, this is the opportunity. He's a Hall of Famer, no like automatic for me. And they got a chance to be around him. They should take advantage of it. What would your reaction have been three, four years ago to Jonathan Quick being in that gold sweater last night? I, I guess I'm different than uh, than 
Like, I, I don't like watching people go, but I want the Golden Knights to put the best team on the ice possible. And Jonathan Quick, uh, you know, last year was an off year for him, but prior to that, you know, he's been very good. I like, I, I would have been like, great, you know, does he want my seat in the plane? I'll go sit with Garrett. Garrett's in here. He's nodding his head. I think he's afraid to speak up here and object. I don't know uh, what that's all about. We'll have to discuss this over the break and iron out uh, how we're going to be sitting uh, on the flight to Tampa after tomorrow's game. Uh, and on that note, when we come back, we will also preview what's left on this long road trip. I guess it's starting tomorrow. Longest road trip of the season. We'll be right back. Welcome into nighttime at noon from sunny Florida. Apologies for the delay there. Uh, missed the mute button again there, uh, but we are back, not to worry. Uh, I want to tell you guys about the Dollar Loan Center quickly. It's the home of the Henderson Silver Knights, the Vegas Nighthawks, and the NBA G League Ignite, and it is the place to be. Don't miss any of the action. Grab your tickets now. To get more information about upcoming events, seating charts, arena policies, and much more, visit thedollarloancenter.com. First of all, Thank you, everyone, for bearing with us as we get through these technical difficulties as we are slumming it here in Fort Lauderdale. But, Gary, uh, this long road trip kicks off tomorrow. The Golden Knights got in last night. Uh, a, a big road trip just be simply because of the length of it and the, the standings and the points that are on the line. Um, big road trip for Paul Cotter. It was a big game for him last night, but big one ahead as well. Yeah, Paul's got an opportunity right now to – there are other players in the organization that would love to have that role. So uh, he has got to find a way to take advantage of it. Uh, he needs to be productive. He needs to look after it's, it's, it, it's not, it's not a line where you can just go and, and, and take up time. You've got to have an impact playing with Stevenson and Kessel. That line needs to, you know, you look at the, you look at where the team is right now. Eichel line is really going well. Carlson and Smith and Amadio have figured out something. Uh, Bluger and his line mates are really living their identity. Stevenson, uh, Kessel, and and Cotter, that's one spot where if you looked at it, you're like, you'd like to have a little bit more from, from them, and uh, Paul could be a part of that solution. How about that hit on Joel Edmondson? That is not an easy guy to lay out like that. In fact, he's usually the kind of guy laying out players the size of Paul Cotter. Yeah, Joel's a big dude and uh, been around for uh, for a long time. And, uh, you know, I, I think sometimes these hits are a matter of circumstance, right? And uh, I think Joel was uh, not really expecting uh, that situation to unfold the way it did. And uh, good for Paul, though. He's got to be physical for sure. How do you look ahead to this road trip? What's the most important thing for the Golden Knights over these next five games? I do think they've gotten away a, a, a little bit from uh, from the defensive game. The it's not, uh, I don't want to say it that way because you don't want to play defensive. You want to ma manage the puck and manage the game really well so that you don't have to play defense, right? If you if you're if you're if you're smart with the puck in the neutral zone and get it into the offensive zone and keep it there, it really limits how much defensive work you have to do. So. Uh, that that puck management, that being uh, a little more mindful of what what you're doing with the puck between the blue lines, uh, and really, you know, even on the offensive side and just just on the defensive side of the blue line as well, you've got to manage it a little better. I'm looking for that right off the bat. 
that's something Bruce Cassidy's talked about. It feels like all season. Do you think that's normal for that to be something that has to be harped on year in, year out? Just, is it just the details? This team is a little stubborn in that area. I think they want to – there's a lot of skill. They want to make plays rather than – they want to keep the puck rather than, uh, than let go of it and then go back and try and retrieve it in the offensive zone. And listen, I think that, it, it, you know, it, it, it's like football. Everyone wants to pass the pass the ball, right? It's more exciting. Well, if the other team is playing off the line of scrimmage and giving you room, you run the ball. And that's kind of, you know, dumping the dump and chase game to me is like the run game in football. It's harder work. It's not as sexy, but uh, it can be really effective. And you know, I, I think early in games when the when the other team is really challenging you at the blue line, you gotta you gotta throw it over them and, and go back skate on it or go back and get it. And then as they back off a little bit, after you've done that for a little bit, then you can open up your transition game and, and hold the puck crossing the line. So uh, I, I just think they have to be a little more, a little more patient in letting that transition game open up, not forcing it. We've talked a lot about how the Golden Knights have looked with their new additions. I want to talk about some of the other additions around the league as we just go through news around the league, really. Strong debuts from both Timo Meyer, who is one of the biggest stories uh, of the trade deadline week, one of many big stories of the trade deadline week, and uh, Jacob Chikrin, who for a while we didn't know if he was ever going to be dealt, but he landed in Ottawa um, and strong weekend for him. Yeah, Jacob is uh, was probably chomping at the bit, right? He, they held him out for about a month prior to making that deal. So uh, no surprise that he has a really good first game. It'll be interesting to see after he gets, uh, after that, some of that adrenaline after being traded, after it fades, how he handles. Cause there's no, you, know, you take a month away from the, from playing. There's no substitute in terms of conditioning that actual game play. It, uh, it, it's different than anything else in terms of expending your energy, all of your energy on a shift and then being able to recover real quickly. So we'll see how he handles that. Meyer's been injured, gets healthy, gets back in with New Jersey. I'm interested to see what happens with New Jersey. They were much better than the Golden Knights the other night. Vegas won the game. Uh, Vegas was a lot better than New Jersey the last time they played in New Jersey. So I think it's kind of a split and, uh, and you know, Vegas got what it deserved in terms of those points the other night. I'll be interested to see how they do in a series when a team has the ability to play them night after night after night for a while. I think that I think that there'll be a way to solve the Devils in a playoff series. Here they're rolling the music on us. That means we're almost out of time, but our hearts with a few members of the hockey community. Yeah, you know, uh, Mike Stuthers has been uh, diagnosed with with cancer. He's assistant coach with the Anaheim Ducks and been in the game a player with the Philadelphia Flyers and then uh, been a coach in a lot of places and uh, the hockey community is so small. Dave Gosher is, uh, is close with Chris Snow who has uh, is fighting ALS up in Calgary and he's in the hospital again and it's been uh, the last the last few years have been have been hard but really the last couple of months it's been tough on Chris so our thoughts to both of them.